1: Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And Jen is in New York right now. We're not in the same room, but we are in the city. And we did see each other Sunday night and had a rollicking good time with a couple of our girlfriends. How are you liking New York? Um,
2: I'm liking New York fine. It was pretty amazing to be all together. We met up with a couple of our, uh, a really close friend of mine, a really close friend of yours. We've all known each other for a long time. We had way too many drinks. And it was very interesting to meet back up the four of us. I don't think the four of us have been in the same room since the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. That's probably right. And it was really interesting to meet up and um, and just as we are now, I was just like, oh, th- we are different, kind of different people than we used to be. And it, it, was, it was a really interesting night for me.
1: Yeah, no, it was. I mean, for starters, three out of the four of us were married the last time. Yes. We were probably yes. in the same room. We're close to the last time. Yep. Yep. And no it was it was it was very interesting to see that and to see like how much skin we all still had in the game around each other
2: yeah yeah you
1: know that it was still just so incredibly nice to see your female friends and to connect with them like it was almost like too great it was just one of those nights where we were being like everybody was being like explosively funny yes and and i think the waitress was scared of us a little
2: well, the waitress was like young and adorable, probably in like her late twenties, and like we started just talking about everything, including <laughs> menopause, which was hilarious. Um, yeah, no, it was almost too good because I was like, "Fuck, this sucks." I hate that I don't live near these people. But the other thing that came up for me, which is a thing that I don't think about a lot, which is that. I never think about anyone who listens to this podcast. I, I never, it never even occurs to me. Like, obviously we make it so people will listen to it, but really I just make it to talk to you every week. <laughs> so the fact that our friends knew things we had said on the podcast, I was- About there- them. Yes, well, <laughs> well, about them for sure. And then I was like, oh, I'm an asshole. I need, I mean, although we're very careful about disguising people as identities, if you're talking about someone they know- so that was one thing that I was like, oh, I need to be really thoughtful about that. I don't know that I'm always thoughtful, you know, mm-hmm. not that I'm an asshole, but just really being careful you know, about privacy and, you know.
1: I will say so many more things than I will write. Yes. You yes. know, I would never put some of the things I've talked about on this podcast, on my blog, or even in an essay, you know, I because you edit yourself constantly when you're writing. And when you're talking, I mean, we, you know, both of us have had many times when we said to our editor, like, please take out this part. That was stupid. Yes, but I do think I also don't think about when I'm talking. I don't think about everyone who's listening to it. I don't think anyone's listening. That's
2: really a problem and I've realized that that's like it's own that's like it's own like self-loathing narcissism where like you can get into a thing where you just don't think about other people because you just think you're such a bag of shit or in this case yeah. I'm like who's even listening to this? But so yeah, so I know I have to be more thoughtful. But the second thing was is that I used a joke on our friend that I've made on the podcast and she <laughs> was like she was like, "Oh yeah, I know that joke. I've heard it on the podcast." And I was like, "Oh shit, I have to be careful of that too." So
1: I should I should point out to our listeners that we know we've seen the analytics and we know we have listeners. Like we yes. sci- we, we objectively know we have listeners.
2: But intellect, like I can know it intellectually, but I still don't feel it when I'm talking to you because you know we're just talking. I feel it more when we have guests. But anyway, I'm traveling. I did a very smart thing. I got a um, a travel tea kettle, like electric oh, kettle. Uh, okay, so it is shaped like a thermos. It is the size of like a sil- like a little thermos, and you just you take out this plug and you plug it into the wall. So I've been having hot tea everywhere I've traveled to and I've had to travel to a lot of places over this last week and every time I come to a hotel room I'm like okay I can have some hot tea and that has actually made it so much better the whole thing it's so stupid but then the thing you can unplug the plug and you can carry around the thing as a um as just a thermos so you can also like save yourself oh. whatever so it's been a very dorky and very cool thing that's happened um to me this week and it, i think it's called like ball bully or something it's like some italian we'll put it
1: in the show notes yeah i once brought um a, my first trip out to los angeles after i was fired from lucky when i was really trying to watch what i spent on things yeah i bought a travel cappuccino maker thinking cool. like morning coffee is so expensive in hotels i'll just make my cappuccino yeah it was like it was so complicated and involved i i, I didn't use it this has not been complicated at all. And I have
2: like some, some yogurt and some blueberries. And I'm just like, oh, I don't need to leave this hotel room until like, because the problem is when you're staying in a hotel that you're like, you're trapped by either the shitty room service food. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you're in a nice hotel and the the room service food is not bad, but usually you're it's like you're trapped in this. I just want to have more independence. I don't want to be reliant on room service or, you know, whatever, the gift shop or, I mean, I'm in New York so I could
1: leave. I stay in hotels a fair amount. Like a lot of those things aren't even happening. Like room service doesn't happen. You've got to go down to the restaurant and pick it up or you've got to order right. from someplace outside. So, yeah, I'm try. I, I hate, I have realized on this trip how much I
2: hate like my dependency on the outside world. And when I'm in a hotel room, I want to be able to wake up, have breakfast, have a cup of tea Take my vitamins, get ready, have like a slow time. And I don't, mm-hmm. and that if you don't fucking prepare for that, that that's how they get you. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's really true. That is how they get you. It really
2: is. So, so, yeah. So that's my, that's my, tr- my newest travel hack. And I wish I had a steamer. I've been thinking about you a lot and your steamer.
1: You got, yeah. I mean, the steamer is a pain in the ass because even small ones are not that small. But mm-hmm. especially if you're traveling somewhere warm where you're going to be wearing lots of cotton and things like you kind of have to bring the steamer. I'm leaving town on Friday and I'm bringing the steamer. How many? I'm checking days? a suitcase. I'm going for a week, but I'm checking a suitcase. I checked a suitcase this time. You know what? It was not unpleasant. It's some, you know, as long as everything goes okay, it's perfectly pleasant. Yes. And so I'm, I'm checking because I am no longer, I mean, I traveled once five or six years ago to South and Central America for two weeks with a carry on. But those days are gone. Like, I'm a, I'm a heavy packer. I'm a heavy traveler. I am, too, now. And you know what? I think part of it is that I've realized there's
2: no prize. There's no prize in it for being a light mm-hmm. packer. There's no prize
1: except, like, oh, I don't have enough shirts. Like, that's and, really it. And one of my most favorite things to do when I'm traveling is shop. Who doesn't love to shop when they travel? And I will come up with excuses to buy something like, oh, these chinos are all wrong. I've got to go. I forgot to bring my chinos. I've got to go buy a pair of chinos. Got to go buy a new caftan. So the more that I bring, the less I can talk myself into buying new shit.
2: Okay, that is an amazingly astute thing you said because I have always been exactly the same. Like we'll buy like almost a whole wardrobe on a trip that's so specific to that trip that it never mm-hmm. even works out in real life. It's not like I'm buying like, you know, the forever pieces. I'm usually buying like some bullshit that I want in that moment. Some impulsive, like, oh, that's an interesting blouse that I bring home and I'm like, oh, you don't fit in my life.
1: Yeah, no, there are a few things more exciting to me than a really good hotel boutique.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, mean, like- I will
1: just buy shit. I'll be like, here, take all the money and I'll buy all the shit I don't need. And I'm in like the mindset of vacation or the mindset of this work trip. So I'm buying shit that I'm like, oh, that's cute. That's different for me. What you just said. It's like and then you come home and you're like, what was I even thinking? It's the same way when you enter certain stores. You know, Andrea and I used to talk about this all the time. Like, you go into a store and they've got a really successful vibe. Yeah. And yes, you yes. Find, you're like, I can wear these motor- motorcycle pants. Sure. <laughs> yes. You know, these look perfectly on me in here. Totally, totally. And
2: I'm starting to see, like, I'm going through the change. But it's not the physical change. I'm going through the transformation from like, oh, shit, I might be done with clown clothes. Like, I'm just starting (laughs) to realize that, like, my life would be so much easier if my clothes were more boring and matched. Like, it would be so much nicer.
1: It might be nicer, but I don't think it would be nicer because I think you get a lot of joy out of how you dress. It's true. And... I for one, like I am trying so hard to wear colors these days. And I am largely inspired by you because you're always wearing a color. You know, you're always wearing multiple colors. And I just um I I don't want you to be like me. I mean, I just have such a boring uniform. Yeah, but you I know think what? you can
2: I know I hear you. I hear you. You don't want me to be like you, but I think it's nice over there because I'm <laughs> telling you that I think half of the reason I dress the way I am is because I'm not really fit for human consumption. I dress the way I'm dressing because I'm just alone all the time oh <laughs> or God. like or like on the streets of Los Angeles when like you, nothing, nothing matters. Nothing matters. There's not like, I'm starting to like try my pandemic outfits out in real life and it's it's not it's not right it's not right I've had to go into New York offices and be like mm, this I look like I look a little bit I've teetered into clown
1: see I think I am like already dressing I'm like I've teetered into upstate <sighs> yeah but that's also a pandemic reaction I know I know that's a, pandemic and a weight reaction. and a weight gain a, a weight gain reaction as well
2: Totally, totally. Anyway, the bottom line is, is I don't know what my style is. And, oh, an update. I have a big update to give everyone. So I finally got somebody to give me the haircut I wanted after that <laughs> fucking guy that I cursed and damned and twice and he didn't give it to me. And guess what? The fucking joke's on me. This haircut is so difficult. I got the haircut. It requires... <laughs> That poor man that I damned, he was saving me from myself, turns out. I got this really complicated shag. It's taking me like a half hour, 45 minutes to style it because it teeters so easily. And I've already told you this, so you're going to have to hear this joke again. It teeters so easily into volleyball coach slash like your Aunt Pam. It is the (laughs) the most easy intense styling I've had to do on my hair in like 20 years, like since I thought like, since the last time I thought a complicated haircut could work for me. And I'm so angry because in my desperation to outrun my thinning hair, I forgot myself and I forgot that I'm a person who hates doing shit to my hair. So anyway, so now I'm in, I don't even know I don't even know mm-hmm. what I'm in now. Now I'm in hell. And also just staring at my um my greed for a, a stylish haircut and my mistakes every day in the mirror. It's
1: almost like what was the name of that show? Not Star Trek, The Twilight Zone. It's almost like a Twilight Zone episode. Jennifer got the haircut she thought <laughs> she wanted.
2: It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Because now I don't have to worry about my hair looking thin. But the problem I have now is so much worse.
1: <laughs> like... I know, but still, in let's just, let's just explore the pantheon of problems and remember I know. that it's still like, I know. It, it, I know. it registers very low. Oh, But well, it is I a know. huge pain in the ass. It's not, I, I mean, it's, it's fine. Yes. You know, I, I spend a lot, I mean, except for the days when I pull it back, like I did today, and those are many days, like, it takes me forever to deal with my hair. No, it takes please, me forever know.
2: To... please know that I know there's a war.
0: I know (laughs) I'm aware of
2: childhood hunger like I I know that on the scale of things I just think it's hilarious I think it's hilarious that I that I bitched so much and then the universe was like oh yeah
1: (laughs) okay you want that haircut it is it's it's very fantasy island or twilight zone it is it's like you're you're being punished for your ugly, <laughs> horrible soul. I
2: am. I am. And now I have like the wig they give people in the witness protection program as a haircut. And it's just a, uh, it's just amazing. It's just, a, it's been an amazing ride. Um,
1: What else is going on with well, you? <laughs> the good thing about hair is that it grows back. Yes. The worst yes. haircut, the worst haircut I ever had, the haircut that was the most wrong for my hair was the Dorothy Hamill haircut. Which I feel somehow we've discussed on this podcast. We have
2: discussed. It was everybody's worst haircut. It never looked good on anybody except Dorothy Hamill is really how I feel. And I feel similarly to, um, and actually, I think the fuck, this is the last time I did this. I made this mistake. I think it's similar to the Jennifer Aniston haircut on Friends. Nobody looked good in that haircut except Jennifer Aniston, and everybody tried to have it.
1: Have I talked to you ever on this podcast about how I met Jennifer Aniston right before Friends went on the air?
2: I don't know if you talked to me on the podcast, but you've told me this, and she had a lot of makeup on, is my
1: recollection. She was wearing a lot of makeup. She came. They would always, like publicists would, when I was at L, would, and, you know, at any fashion magazine or any magazine, publicists tried to get you to meet some of the people who are their clients. And this publicist said, this woman's on the show Friends. We think it's going to be a big hit. And because I'd heard about the show and and heard it was going to be a big hit, I had her come up to the office. Right, right. And she was, no, she was very, very nervous. She was wearing a lot of makeup. She declined my offer of a Diet Coke. And that's about all I remember. It's not a great story. (laughs) It's not.
2: I accept your story. Hey, how come the pandemic's just over? No one in New York is wearing, (laughs) no one in New York's wearing a mask
1: anywhere. It's such lunacy. I went to a restaurant last night with my sister-in-law that I've never dined indoors at because it's 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 on my corner and I've, right. I've dined outdoors there a couple times. But we went inside and they had a garden, too. So mm-hmm. we're sitting in the restaurant with our masks off, surrounded by people with their masks off. And they've got us pretty well spaced. You know, I right. can tell they're not using all their tables. And people are walking through the dining room with their masks on to go eat outside.
2: Wow. Wow, And
1: I was just like, this is truly crazy because, you know, people are still I mean, people are still getting sick. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, I've read some stuff about how, you know, some of the guidelines are really being forced by businesses, you know, by, by, you know, the fact that people have lost so much money and aren't necessarily the guidelines that a doctor would follow right now. Right. Right. But I am. So I am both like eating indoors in restaurants and stressing about eating indoors at restaurants. It's
2: so incredibly stressful. The whole thing is just it, it feels it feels insane to me, especially traveling like and I'm fine when everybody has a mask on. It's just like. I can't believe that nobody in the lobby of this hotel. This hotel is like a big restaurant in the lobby and like an out like a space where people work. Not one person is wearing a mask. The servers aren't wearing masks. I feel like I'm in like an alternate universe. Like I or I feel like I'm in a dream, actually, where I'm the only that, one that, who's in that a mask. Is, that yeah.
1: is what it feels like. Like the test you didn't study for, and you're the only one. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is a weird feeling. I think that people are just so I mean, obviously this is such a dub, but people are just so eager to have things be normal. And it's like there's no perspective on the fact that we just spent a couple of years living a different way.
2: Yes. And it's 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 weird. Like I went to a um I went to a uh conference. I, I spoke at a conference on Friday, last Friday, and which which went very badly for a number of reasons. It was fine. It was (laughs) fine, but it was also bad. I was texting you like being like, I can't believe I'm doing
0: this.
2: (laughs) I spoke in front of 400 people and I think two of them had a mask on, you know, and I was pretty far away from them, but I was looking out at all of these people just sitting so close to each other without, I guess every,
1: I guess we've just accepted that people are going to get COVID. Like, is that Is that, is that where we're at? I wish I understood. I mean, I have done things like I have been, I have gone, I went to a Philadelphia 76ers game where nobody was wearing masks. Oh my God. You know, but nothing happened. Right. I've been in lots of restaurants, you know, maybe I'm going to get COVID tomorrow, but. Yeah, but you've already had COVID. But I had, I had um, the Delta variant and the Delta variant does not protect you against Omicron apparently. Oh. But you had the Delta variant
2: and you're vaxed and boosted. Vaxed and boosted,
1: it's true. Are you sure. going to get are you going to get a second booster? I actually was scheduled to get a second booster yesterday and mm-hmm. then I talked to my mom who said her doctor discouraged her from getting it and said that his affiliated hospital is discouraging people from getting it because something better is like coming out soon. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'd like to get to something better. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like a year away from
2: when they recommend for me to get it, but- Well, you're also not, you're not over 50 yet. Well, right. That's, yeah, that's it. So I, so I have to, I have to wait, but yeah, I, I I mean, I'd like it to be over too. I'd like it to be over, but I don't
1: feel like it is. I don't feel like it is. (laughs) Well, we, how, how are we supposed to feel like it's over? And I don't think there's ever going to be a moment when somebody like, you know, the president comes on the air and says, it is now over and we can be normal in every aspect of our lives. I think it's going to hopefully just peter out and instead of being a pandemic, turn into, you know, some other kind of demic. (laughs) Right, right. Like
2: the flu, I guess, a bad flu. I don't fucking know. I guess if they have, I guess if there's treatments, then it can feel. Because there's antiviral treatments for it. And they're they're readily available. But I, yeah. I don't I don't fucking know. It's like one of those things, if I think about it too much, my,
1: my my brain just like hurts. It reminds me of um this Don Delillo book, and I forget which one it was. But Um, some kind of nuclear disaster has happened Mm -hmm. and people are all, and you know, the news is like people are getting the news where they can, but it's a book that's a little old. So it's not like everybody had Twitter. And And so there's a huge line of people leaving this city in their cars, but there are also people driving into the city in their cars. Okay. 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 Yeah. So it doesn't, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just, it, 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 it's a weird, it's a weird time.
2: It's a weird time. I don't like it. I don't like it. Let's take a quick break for some ads Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks percent off and we're back what else
1: is going on with you what are you watching anything fun well i've been i watched last night i watched some better things which i loved okay um which we've discussed ad nauseum um bridgerton which is like i don't know i liked it better last season i know people like it better this season okay okay um i started watching bad Vegan. Ooh. Oh, is that one of those scammer shows? It's one of the scammer shows about the woman who started P- Pure Food and Wine, I think is the name of the restaurant, which was a raw food restaurant that got super, super trendy. I went there. It was crazy that it was raw food because it was so good. Oh,
2: See, I went there and I felt like it was all wet and cold. I covered that. I, rebu- <laughs> I reviewed that restaurant and I was like, everything is wet and cold and
1: $30. That's funny. But anyway, so continue. Wait, Bad Vegan, I want to know more. So then she meets a guy and the guy, like, you know, takes over.
0: Oh. And it's a whole
1: disaster. Wait, she meets a guy who scams her out of her business? Who, like, you know, takes over her business and, okay. you know, controls her and whatever.
2: I watched last night in the hotel room on, I think it's on HBO Max. I watched one of the best comedy specials I've ever seen in my life, which is... um. Uh, Jared Carmichael's Rathaniel. Have you heard about this? It was directed by Bo Burnham um, who we both love a lot. Jared Carmichael was just the um, host of Saturday Night Live last I week. I was going
1: to ask if that was who it was and That's he came out in this yes.
2: special. Yeah, It comes out in this special but it's it's just kind of an extraordinary hour of entertainment. It's funny. It's sad. It's intense. He's sitting down the whole time, which sit down, stand up comedy where the the comedian is sitting down is a whole other genre. It's very interesting. It's such a more intimate experience when they don't have the sort of, um, and the, The antics and the theater of, of them walking back and forth of using the stage, right? If you're just Mm -hmm. centered in one spot with the person, that's a, that's a very kind of intimate and intense experience. But yeah, he comes out in this special, um, and talks about the experience of coming out in a way, coming out when you come from a family that's both religious and also highly masculine and with very set ideas about masculinity, and he talks about, you know, talks about coming out in a way that we don't think about anymore because we all think that, you know, it's magical to be gay and it's fine and yeah. everything's great and everyone's accepting when the truth is for a lot of people, gay people and, and trans people for sure, the experience of coming out is often still incredibly fraught, ruins yeah. your relationships with other people because they're not accepting. Anyway, it's really really incredible totally worth hmm. totally worth watching he's really really smart and he's funny so yeah i recommend no, I, watched his,
1: I, I watched his cold open or not the cold open his monologue yes on am live. i thought it was great i'd never heard of him before reading about him and about that special yeah, it was great. He did the
2: cold open about how he refused to talk about the Will Smith slap. Wasn't that it? Where he was like, "We're yeah. not talking about it anymore.
1: We're just we're not. Yeah. we're not.
2: <laughs> it's over." It was really funny.
1: Yeah, it was really. Yeah, it really was good. really funny. And then he kind of tied it into him coming out, and was like, "It was very. It was. It was clever." Yeah. No. Clever. What have you been reading? Are you reading
2: anything you else? like? Ugh. I'm just rereading memoirs. I'm like in the forensics of. I'm finishing up my book. So in the forensics of only looking at memoirs and like trying to sort out, because now I have time to like futz with structure a little bit and like do all mm-hmm. that, that fine tuning. So I've actually gone back to reading, um, Carolyn or Caroline, I'm not sure, Caroline Naps, uh, drinking a love story, mm-hmm. which is, is, I don't know why I'm holding it up on the screen as if people <laughs> could see it. <laughs> Um, it's such a beautiful memoir about drinking, and she has, you know, she has a tragic story. She died young, and and like young in her forties. And she, um, but anyway, she was such a good writer and such an immediate writer, and like, it's a very. There's a lot of you know, obviously. There's been a lot of addiction memoirs. This one's among my favorites, um, because I just think she's such a good writer and a good storyteller, and mm-hmm. I. And she's describing a time before cell phones, and she's describing a kind of drinking that people in media used to do together, which is Mm -hmm. very familiar to me, that you're just sitting in a bar. I mean, I guess people do this all the time, but I, I distinctly remember like, people from work and you'd show up at a bar together, and then you'd kind of... Other people would leave and it would just be you and another person and the intimacy of just getting sloshed with one person over the course of hours that mm-hmm. I just remember so much and why that yeah. was so addictive. Because in some ways, if you're an anxious, awkward, introvert, extrovert, it's so much easier to be drunk and communicate with people. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'm rereading that. And um, I'm rereading. I'm just rereading memoirs. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. So I was yeah. looking.
1: Did I talk about this? I was I was I I, I was looking at Ruth Reichel's. No, which I hadn't which I hadn't looked at because it was about Condé Nast. And I thought I don't want it to like screw up my Condé Nast book. But I read it since, you know, I'm not doing the book. Yeah. And um, it, it's a lovely book. And it's very interesting to listen to her talk about Condé Nast. I think we had some very similar experiences like. Not feeling like anybody had our back once our boss James Truman was left, yep, you know, yep, and um, you know, just how quickly things circled the drain in two thousand and eight, like we knew everything we needed to know in two thousand and eight about the future of magazines, but she's a lovely writer, she's a lovely writer, but
2: also, yeah, you do have a lot of similarities in that she was reluctant. To take the job that had never really been her dream. You know, there's, there's a, I think there's a lot of similarities there. And that is a, it's a really good memoir. I love there's one part in it where she's in Paris for work and she tries on an incredibly expensive dress while she's in Paris. And she doesn't wind up buying the dress because to buy the dress would make her the kind of person who bought bought like a, whatever it is, a $3,000 dress. Like she didn't want to cross that bridge. Um, even though she was at Conde Nast, at Conde Nast editor, she didn't want to cross that bridge and becoming that kind of person. And I, I just think Mm -hmm. that was such a, an interesting detail. Like she would spend any money in the world on food, but it was like, I didn't want to become the person who spends that
1: kind of money. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Speaking of books, Mm-hmm. Is it okay if I tell everyone that I read a chapter of your book? It is okay if you tell everyone that, yes. Yes. Romolini showed me a chapter of her book. It's so good and so smart. And, I mean, it's an early draft. I think that's fair to say. But it's yes. still like, it, 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 and it like, I really loved it. And I didn't just only love it because the chapter was largely about me. It is a chapter about you. I am in the stage of
2: writing this book where I'm sharing the things that are written that I wrote about other people, some people. Um, not everybody yet. But um yeah, I wrote a I wrote a chapter that's basically a a, a story of our friendship.
1: Yes. And, our, of and our... our
2: working together.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. I it just made me want to read the rest of the book so much. I can't wait. I mean, who knows?
2: My editor has, I was supposed to meet my editor this week and, you know, God intervened and my editor has COVID, poor thing.
1: Oh no. I was
2: supposed to meet my editor for the first time this week, but, um, but yeah, she has COVID. So, so I couldn't, so we couldn't meet. So, you know, people are getting COVID and she has a bad case of it. Like old school COVID where you lost your sense of smell.
1: Yeah, I lost my sense of smell. Nobody talks about how that is what—that is the weirdest thing that happens. Yeah, that is the weirdest thing that happens. And then one day I was making lunch, and I was cutting garlic, and I—I kept—I would every morning I'd try to smell my candle to see if it smelled, and so I smelled my fingers when I'd been on the garlic, and I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I can smell again! It's back! It's
2: back!" Um. Are you, so what are you, so where are you going? You're going to Florida in your trip. Are you staying in one, are you staying in the same place? Are you traveling around?
1: We are staying in the same place. We are staying in a very large Airbnb. Okay. All the kids, the chaperones.
2: Wait, 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 wait. no, you are sharing a house.
1: You're sharing a house with all the kids, with all the kids. (laughs) Paul. Paul is convinced that the minute I get down there, I'm going to be like we're going to a hotel. But I think it'll be fun. What? mm, I
2: I just feel like you have not lived with kids in a long time. To, I mean, ever. Ever.
1: I mean, maybe you're. Wait, you're not sharing a bathroom. I, my one, the one thing I insisted on was that we had a room with a bathroom in it. Okay. Okay, that might solve a lot of the problems. I'm not sharing a bathroom with a bunch of 17-year-olds. No, God, no.
2: Ew, gross. Um, So are you going to have, like, family-style meals?
1: Like, what are you going to... Are you going to cook for everybody? I don't know. I think um, I'm not going to cook for everybody, no. But I think probably there'll be a lot of takeout. Okay. I'm guessing. And, you know, I'm sure... I I don't know. I just, I I don't know. Maybe I will, you know, insist we get to a hotel as soon as I get there. But I'm kind of looking forward to it. There's a big pool in the back. Yeah, I don't want to be negative. I'm just like, I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm thinking
2: out the logistics. Like, are you? is is it going to be cereal in the morning for breakfast? You know, I'm just trying to think I think
1: that Paul's business partner, Lauren, I think did, they're in Atlanta right now at rehearsing and Mm -hmm. doing a show or two. And she made a big Costco run. Okay. So there's like stuff for breakfast. If you need a sandwich, you can make a sandwich. But I, I yeah, I don't think I'm going to be eating great. But can I just say, because we're going to have our one year anniversary while I'm down in Florida. So I was like, okay, okay, maybe we'll go spend that night, which we can't do because it turns out there's a show. But I was like, Maybe we'll just spend that night at a really nice hotel. So I looked up the best hotels in Orlando on, in Condé Nast <laughs> Traveler. And they're all crazy because they're all like somehow <laughs> tied in with Disney. Oh you know, so it's like, here's the hotel where you look like you're sleeping in a lagoon. Uh, wait. Here's the hotel with like giraffes.
2: I didn't realize you were going to Orlando. This is getting funnier and funnier to me. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) No, not Orlando. I'm flying into Orlando. We're staying in Kissimmee, Florida.
2: (laughs) What? Oh, it might be great. It might totally be great. We have no idea.
1: You know what? I'm so ready to just be in warm weather for a few days. I kind of don't care. Yeah. You know, I just, I want to be in warm weather. I want to thaw out a little. I want my Crusty hands, which are so, which no amount of moisturizer is fixing to just not feel this way anymore. Just, you know. No, this is
2: like the worst. This, this week in New York, the weather is just like, it's like, I don't know how anything, how about anything, but you're always a little cold. It's just like, it's like, it'll rain and you're going to be a little cold. It'll just be cloudy and windy, but you're going to be a little cold. It's like, it won't, it just hasn't made the jump into pleasant yet. And that probably won't no, happen it, till May.
1: No, it probably won't happen till May. I think this April is going to be a rainy, gray, cold April because March was pretty bearable. Yeah, yeah. So now and you, you have can't to pay, have it pay for too it. Easy. No, no. Now well, I'm have to pay sorry.
2: For it. I'm sorry you're not having better weather while you're here. Who gives a shit? I um, I had good weather on Monday, and I <laughs> I rented a bike. I was like, oh, I'll get a city bike. And I rode a bike everywhere all over New York, like a little freak. Did you I was really? So happy. Yeah, I was so, so happy. I just like you can do it super easily now. It used to be so complicated that every time I'd go to do it, I'd be like, fuck it. But it has been a thing that I've started doing when I'm alone in cities. Like I used to I, I had the the whatever the equivalent is in Dublin, the city bike. And every time I mm-hmm. went to Dublin, when as soon as I got to Dublin, I check into a hotel, hydrate a lot, and then go for a bike ride if the weather was, you know, uh complying and now you just use the lift app to unlock these city bikes if you have the lift really? app yeah you just you just take a picture of the bike and the bike is just like hello get on <laughs> me let's do this i actually have a bike you do yeah but that's kind of more because... annoying because you have to go ahead go sorry
1: no i have a bike because my uh my previous boyfriend mm-hmm. um was a big bike rider okay and so I got a bike, you know, and we used to ride bikes and I just like, it can be fun. It can feel really nice to get on a bike and you can get where you're going so fast. But I also find it so scary in this city.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't, I weirdly, I probably should find it scarier, but I don't find it scary. I find it scary in LA because in LA everybody's going 40 miles an hour right next to you. And so I never ride a bike in LA because there's also so many hills, but yeah, I, I, I love riding a bike. There are a few things we talked about. We, we talked about fun last week and I realized that I didn't answer that adequately at all. Um, I lo- I think riding a bike is so, so much fun. And it was also just so cool to see the city on a bike after not being in mm-hmm. the city for so long and remember the city on a bike in a way, just like mm-hmm. have that viewpoint um, yeah, it was it was cool. I spent the whole day and then like my legs were sore the next day. I was like, oh, exercise. This was this was a, mm-hmm. this was a good thing I did. This was better than all the drinking.
1: No, I mean, if I felt slightly safer riding my bike in New York, I would do it because it is great exercise. I will confess that once or twice going over the Williamsburg Bridge or the Manhattan Bridge, I did just get off my bike and walk it. Yeah, of course you did. Of that makes
2: sense, but the thing is, I think the city bikes are much more motivating because the idea of bringing your bike like schlepping your bike out of your house Mm
1: -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. getting it
2: through the doors and down the landing it's just and then bringing it back up and then having to lock it and where's the lock and is it going to get stolen the city bike like solves so many problems because you're just like oh fuck here i'll just here you go here's another spot for this bike and i can walk the rest of the way yeah Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it on all the platforms. It really helps people find the show. It makes a difference. If you want to support the production of the show, we're on Patreon at patreon.com backslash is We do a live event every month from Patreon and soon we will be continuing our blogging over there. We also are on Instagram at EIF Podcast. We have a private Facebook group. Um, I forget what it's called, but you can find it if you if you put in Everything is Fine Podcast. You can email us, Everything is Fine, the podcast at Gmail. We're on Twitter. You can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. And you can find me at tinyletter.com backslash Jennifer Romolini.
1: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential
0: illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at
2: uh1.com.